Hi, this is Kendall with the Money Itch Podcast, where I tell you everything I learned while paying off $72,000 in debt. And I also bring you stories of people that I've worked with so that you can be inspired and know that it's possible for you too. So I'm very excited today because I have a great friend and a client with me, LaTanya, and she really wants to share her story. So thank you, LaTanya. You're welcome, Kendall. (laughs) (laughs) So we just finished one of her one-on-one sessions, and her story will really inspire you, not only to get started, but to get up and keep going when you get knocked down. So LaTanya, let's start. Okay. So... Where were you before you started working with me and before you decided to tackle this whole money situation? So I was drowning in debt, uh, credit card debt, student loans, car payments, IRS payments, tuition for my kids. And I felt like I was robbing Peter to pay Paul every Mm -hmm. month. Mm -hmm. And what actually made you think it's time for me to make a change? Was there a big event that happened or just did you just have like an overall realization? It was literally a realization. Um, You can't keep doing the same thing except expect different results. So that was Mm -hmm. the definition of insanity, right? Right. And you and I have been friends for years and we've always talked about you starting this, um, you know, business to help people get out of debt and Mm -hmm. to manage their money. And one day you asked me, do you want to work with me? And I was like, um, I don't know, because we've been (laughs) friends for so long. I don't know if I want you to open my business. (laughs) And finally, I just took the plunge and said, okay. And we started working together. Right. Yeah. I remember that. Like, and we had some conversations in the past about money, which is really unusual, right? Like, with friends, we don't usually talk about that subject. We can talk about relationships. We can talk about our jobs. We can talk about our other friendships. We can talk about a lot of hard points in our lives, our family dynamics and things like that. But we don't talk about money. It's like such a taboo subject. And I think sometimes people are reluctant to discuss that because they may be embarrassed about where they currently are. Mm -hmm. And that was the case for me. But I always felt comfortable with you as a friend. And so you kind of knew what was going on with me before we even started working together. Right. I did. Yeah. I think also just being open and telling people my story helped them to know that you're not alone. I did it. But when I started, I was very nervous to tell people because from the outside looking in, it looks really nice. Even when I was drowning in debt, right, or going through my thing, people were, oh, you travel all the time, you have a nice car and all this other stuff. But what was happening on the week to week basis or the biweekly basis, right, when we get our paycheck was like a different story. True indeed. Yeah. So then we started working together. And so like, let's talk about that. What was it like? When we actually sat down and started working together. Well, that first session when you were trying to talk me into paying off $2,000 worth of debt while I was sitting at the table. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, is she crazy? I can't take all that money out of my checking account. Uh And you just kind of kept staring at me like, I really need you to do this. (laughs) And so I did it. And you were like, doesn't that feel better? And I'm like, okay, I feel a little lighter. I think I can do this. (laughs) Uh huh. So what was... Let me ask you, I think the question is, what was the easiest part of all of this? Like you decided to tackle this big thing. Most people don't do it. Right. So what was the easiest part? What was the surprising, easy part of it? Just actually 
to me, seeing the, the all the numbers and the spreadsheet that you provided me and kind of coming up with the strategy for you, it was actually easy for me to start saying, okay, I'm going to put this big chunk on here so I can see this debt go down. Mm-hmm. So it was actually easy for me to start actually putting these big amounts on these bills. That was just, it, it really was easy. Right. Because of the plan. Yeah. Because of the plan, because yeah. I had a plan and it wasn't helter skelter. Right. Right. And what was the hardest part? Oh, looking at those numbers on a regular basis. I mean, but then I became obsessed <laughs> looking at it every day. And I'm like, okay, when I get paid, what am I doing? But just seeing those numbers, it can be kind of daunting to think that I need to get all this stuff paid off. Yeah. I, I created all this debt. Yeah. I think we tend to go through a little bit of a guilt phase around it too. Oh, most definitely. Right. I think you don't move on until you forgive yourself True for getting into it. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. Like I've had one uh, guy talk to me and he was saying how it was just so much and he can't believe it happened to him that it's hard for him to even look at it. And I'm like, well, when are you going to forgive yourself so that you can move on? Because if you stay in that emotional state and don't move into another emotional state, you're you're going to stay stuck. I agree with that. Place. I agree. I had to forgive myself and say, okay, you did this. It was a season. It was a time. So let's move on and figure out how we're going to get this rectified. Mm-hmm. Most definitely. And I want to mention also that you have kids, right? I have three kids. Two are currently in college and we're paying cash for tuition. Right, right. And so what was the adjustment with this? Because now you're on a brand new plan, right? Um, a lot of people don't manage all their spending and all of that, but this is a huge shift. Right. Because in order to hit the goal, you have to live on a plan for real. And what was that like with having kids? It was kind of a lot more difficult because when it comes time to pay their tuition, I have to let you know a month or two in advance so that we can work that into the budget um, and realize that, OK, this goal that I had to pay this bill off, it's going to have to wait for a month or two because I need to get my children's tuition paid for. Right. Yes. Right. So there's I mean. You can develop a plan, but like my mom, my mom, and I know she'll listen to this, so this will be entertaining to her. She would always say, we develop a plan, but we don't know all the obstacles to get there, right? And so you have to get back up and you have to adjust and be agile enough so that you never give up on the goal and you just keep moving forward. True indeed. Right. I would agree with that 100%. Yeah. So, I mean, it's been interesting to see you navigate having children. And I have a lot of clients with children and children in college and things like that. But it takes a lot of adjustment and navigation and foresight. Right. And then getting them to believe in foresight. Right. So so what are some things that you did with your with your kids around your budget and your finance to kind of help them to understand where you are? So I brought all three of them to a session so that they can look at the spreadsheet and see all the numbers and that they can see all of the money that's coming in every month and everything that's going out every month. And my two older children that are 21 and 18, they both said, I didn't realize that there was that much stuff that needed to be paid. Mm-hmm. And so with that being said, I can see that they're more mindful if they're asking me to buy them something or mm-hmm. they want money. They're a lot more mindful because they saw all the numbers. Right. Right. So. What led you to be that transparent, though, with your children? Because I don't want my children to be financially irresponsible. Mm -hmm. I want to teach them at a young age to manage their money so that they don't have to worry about credit card debt or any type of debt. You know, you don't have cash for it, then don't get it. 
Yeah, I didn't think about this part until we started talking. I did not think I was going to ask you about this, but this is really important because I want to encourage people to have these conversations with their children. And it's hard for them to have the conversation. So it's nice. I mean, of course, I've met them all and Mm -hmm. I see how like they've changed over this time, too. But what's something you could say to people listening who have kids? How would you tell them to start to have those conversations? If you're willing to have your children look at your finances and see what you have coming in every month and what you have going out, I think it's a perfect opportunity to teach them, you know, this money's coming in, but then there's a mortgage and there's a car payment and car insurance and there's credit card bills and there's gas and insurance. They need to see where all that money's going to go and what they have to work with at the end of the month. And if you can teach that to them at a young age, then maybe we can avoid the next generation carrying so much credit card debt. Right. Or debt period. Right. Right. So just switching over. Okay. So we started working together and you were doing phenomenal, phenomenal. Right. And so we reached towards the end of that portion. We did. And then, okay, so let's talk about that. <laughs> let's talk about something happened. It did happen. I had a, um, I don't know, I had a Latanya moment. <laughs> okay. And I kind of fell back into old habits. And I started stuff that I had paid off. I started charging it back up. Um, I don't understand why I did that. I just kind of went through this phase. I don't know what it was, but I was feeling out of control financially. And I finally had a conversation with you and you were asking me how I was doing. And I said, not so good. I kind of fell back into old habits and created a lot of debt again that I paid off. Mm-hmm. And it was kind of devastating to kind of fall back into old habits. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So then you decided to to work on it again. What, what encouraged you to get started again? Um, probably because I realized if this is how you're going to live your life for the rest of your life, you're not going to have a very good retirement. And I did not want to carry these habits into my retirement. Mm-hmm. And so I knew that I needed to fix it and fix it for good. Right. So one thing I always talk about with people when they sit down with me, they hear it more clearly. And that's the why, which we actually talked about earlier before we even started this podcast. So would you say that's your why? Yes. Like that's your deep rooted why yes. is your retirement? Yes. I mean, I'll be 51 this year. I do have an awesome salary. I don't want to have any debt when I go into retirement, mm-hmm. other than if we have to go buy a new house, a smaller house. I don't want to have anything but a mortgage payment. Right. I don't want any other debt. Right. Right. I mean, that's a strong why. Yes. But it takes people a while to get to that place sometimes. I would agree. Like it took me a while. Right. So then she started again. I right. Did. And you started very new like the emotional state you were in was very new I saw it like from a place like just looking at you like you were very adamant and you had gone through it before right so if you were when you were starting back up was there any hard parts or were you very ready and sure it wasn't hard this time around Um, I cut up all of my credit cards because I didn't want to be tempted to use any of them there's no credit cards in my wallet, it's literally cash and carry. And to me, I should have done it a long time ago. I'm happy that I did it. And with that being said, you know, I see things getting paid off now and they're not being charged back up. Right. Yeah. Right. So you decided that like 
having your credit. First of all, everybody knows how I feel about credit cards, right? It is it is not an option, right? I mean, if you're trying to get out of debt, you can't continuously use debt. But you actually evaluated your relationship with your credit card and your the accessibility to it. Yes, and that was an issue for me, the accessibility. And so I knew if I had a credit card, even if I had the cash in my checking account, I would still use the credit card. Right. Because I wanted to hold on to that cash. But you're paying interest on the credit card. So it wasn't logical, but I just like seeing that number in my checking account. So now it's better for me to not have credit cards. And I don't think I'll ever carry another credit card in my wallet ever again. So you feel like you've detached, you've divorced the credit card. We are done. Right. So you see it in a very new light than you did before. Absolutely. And I have a hunger now to be debt-free and to stay debt-free. Mm-hmm. That is so important to me. Right, right. Yeah. I mean, it starts to become natural when you go through your month and you don't put money towards your debt. You're kind of like, like well, something's uncomfortable here. And it's like I told you, I did use one of my credit cards that's on my Apple Pay because I couldn't find my debit card. But whatever I charged, I literally went home that night and paid cash and paid the bill immediately. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's important to know ourselves. Most people who have debt should not be using credit cards. True indeed. Yeah, I mean, now I've been given this uh, this recent speech on it that the credit card companies are not making money on people who actually pay the credit cards off at the end of the month. They're making money on the rest of us, right? Sure, who continues to take that balance over to the next month and the next month and the next month, right? True sure, indeed. And um, they try to tempt you. Because if you pay it down, they're going to give you more of a line of credit. Which happened with me with two of my credit cards. I kept paying them down. They raised my credit limits. They almost doubled them. Right, right. (laughs) Yeah, like it's interesting because one of mine got increased significantly recently. Never asked for it, right? It just got increased significantly. And I called my husband. I was like, they're trying to trap me. But they're not going to get me. They don't know who they're dealing with because I'm not. I can care less. You can keep increasing it if you want to. I'm not going to use it, right? True because indeed. it doesn't get me to my ultimate goal of being debt free. Of being debt free, right? Right. So, okay. So now you're back, right? Yes. And it's been some months since you've been back. I dusted myself off. <laughs> yeah, uh-huh. keeping it moving. Right, right. And so coming back the second time, I'm going to ask you similar questions okay. to the first time. What was the easiest part about coming back? Kind of knowing what the process was and knowing what to expect was the easy part. Mm-hmm. The hard part was kind of telling you, Kendall, I kind of fell. <laughs> I fell kind of hard. That was the hard part because I, okay. I was embarrassed. Uh-huh. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. <laughs> okay. But you're here now and yes. it's been like, it's been, a, it's been about five months yes. since you've been back, yes. right? And so do you want to tell people like where you are now? So we were just crunching some numbers and I have paid off. $19,000 worth of debt. Mm-hmm. I do have a ways to go, but I have got a lot of things paid off. And we just came up with a strategy to get my four credit cards paid off. Mm-hmm. And that'll kind of take another $27,000, $25,000 worth of debt. Right. It's a lot of credit card debt, but it's mm-hmm. going to be paid off by the end of this year. Right. Yeah. Right. So I'm excited. Yeah. Especially since be. I'm not charging the cards and I'm going to be able to see these balances go down. Right. And you've also been able to see your credit score go up it over has this gone time. Up. So it did, it did take a hit um, when I charged the cards back up. It did take a hit. 
And now we're seeing it go back up on the rise. Yes, right, for sure. Right. So one of the beauties of paying the credit cards off is like, yes, you get the, the debt out of your life and you're eliminating bills in the process. But you also get a credit score that you can leverage to decrease some of the other True bills indeed. in your life. True right. Indeed. So you're you're on the path of refining some things and you've already refined some things mm-hmm. which have decreased your overall monthly expenses significantly. Yes, yeah. I would agree with that. Yeah, so you've, um, since we started, since the very beginning, it looked like around 10 or 11 bills have been eliminated. That is too. correct. Yes. Yeah, I think it's 11. Yeah. 11 bills completely gone that I'll never, ever see again. Right. I'm happy. Yeah. <laughs> you should be happy. I am. You should be because usually when we have a lot of debt, we also have a lot of bills and it's a lot of maintaining of bills. And that's what I was telling you. I was kind of feeling like I was robbing Peter to pay Paul. And then the other thing we've been able to do is kind of increase my 401k, even in the midst of paying off the debt. So mm-hmm. that's making me happy and we were just looking at increasing it again next month. Right. So that makes me happy because, of course, you know, retirement is going is looming in the back of my mind. And, mm-hmm. you know, I have this number in mind that I want to have when I retire. And so getting the rest of this debt paid off, I'll be able to reach that goal yeah. a lot quicker. Yeah. So I had a workshop, um, not this past weekend, but the weekend before. And that workshop was for a law office. And one of the things I told them was if I could pay off $72,000 in debt in three and a half years, that means that I could save $72,000 cash, right? I would agree. Right. And then you could also take that money and you can invest $72,000, right? But it'll actually probably happen quicker. Because now you don't have the monthly bills hanging over you that you have to pay, you know, on those debts. And that was like a real aha moment for a a couple of people in the workshop whose focus was investing, right? Mm. So in order to pay off this, when you pay off this debt, you can leverage it, leverage all the, the tactics and tools that you use, but also the money to increase your investment. You have more to invest. And that's Mm -hmm. what I'm ultimately, my ultimate goal is to have more to invest. In addition to maxing out my 401k, I want to be able to start an IRA, you know, for my husband and myself. Mm -hmm. So he's maxing out his 401k, but I'm not maxing out mine because I'm, you know, I make so much more than he does. Um, But my goal is to get to that point and then be able to have IRAs that we contribute to and the max in as well. Right, right. And you'll have the money to do it and it won't hurt you to try to make it happen, right? Exactly. Yeah, so I'm so happy. Thank you. I mean, I'm so happy, you know, that came to my house that 4th of July, (laughs) like seven, eight years ago. That was actually before I went through my whole thing. I agree, but we've just known each other forever and I'm glad that we've always kept in touch because, you know, you're like a a little sister to me. I appreciate it. We have a good relationship. We do. We, we do. do. Yeah. And I'm just really excited because I see light at the end of the tunnel. Well, before I just did not. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if you could give people advice, like what kind of advice would you give them? So my first one would be to definitely cut up all your credit cards if that's an issue for you. And I think when you're trying to pay off debt, it's important to have a strategy mm-hmm. because when it's helter skelter, it's like you're trying to keep your head above quicksand. Mm-hmm. And when you have a strategy and a, your money is targeted, I think things happen a lot quicker. Right. So did you you did try some things before we started working together? On my own, I kind of created a spreadsheet and put um, all my bills in there, what I had coming out monthly and how much I had left at the end of the month. But that 
wasn't a targeted strategy. It just kind right. of showed me what I had left over and what everything was that needed to be paid. Right. Yeah. Right. This is more like, let's get out of debt. Right. Right. It's a strategy. <laughs> it's a strategy. And it's a strategy tailored to you. True and indeed. Your, your goals, your family dynamic. And you listen to all of that when I tell you, okay, so it's important for me to have this taken care of, or I need to save money to do this. You're like, well, let's put that in. You mm-hmm. know, you always listen to the person you're working with and kind of figure out how things work for their dynamic. Yeah. I mean, personal finance truly is personal. personal like yes. everybody's situation it's isn't different. different. And I have a lot of people right now. I have four people I'm meeting with tomorrow and every single one is a different person, different circumstance, different needs, different family culture, whatever the mm-hmm. case is. And you have to take that all into consideration. I completely agree with that. Right. Yeah. So that like, blanketed approach that we put on everybody it doesn't it doesn't usually work for everybody it might work for somebody but it doesn't mean that it's always going to work for you but that doesn't mean you don't try right because I think some of your tries in the beginning kind of grooms you to be open to another way and I notice now that I'm like looking at my spreadsheet several times a day mm-hmm. and I'll take numbers out and say, okay, when I get this paid off, what is it going to look like? Mm-hmm. You know, I'll take it out to look at it and put it back in or, you know, I'll look at things for two or three months in advance. And then I'm constantly checking my credit score to see, <laughs> okay, I paid this off. Did it come off yet? Mm-hmm. So I definitely know that I'm in a different mindset than I was a few months ago. Right. So I don't need things like, I felt like I have an issue with clothing and I don't really buy stuff anymore. When I do buy it now, though, I pay cash. Cash. Yes. Cash and carry. Right, right. And it doesn't, another thing I think people learn is that it doesn't have to be an all or nothing, right? I mean, yes, you have to be very honest with yourself and very frank, because if not, you're not going to get anywhere, right? Like you said, doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a change. But it can't be so tight, yeah. That you don't live your life. It's kind of like people who are on a diet, they restrict themselves completely and don't have any indulgences. They're going to go and binge. Right, exactly. And then the same thing happened to me when I was trying to like, I'm not buying any clothes, I'm not buying any clothes. And then I just went on this shopping spree and spent two, three thousand dollars worth of right, clothing. Right. Then, there, then the guilt came and then you start taking stuff back. Right. Well, now, you know, we went shopping the other day. I bought a pair of boots and a dress. And I paid cash for them and I kept them because I didn't feel guilty that I put it on a credit card. Right. And not only did you get that boot, those those boots and that dress, you were able to pay down, down. a debt at the same time. True indeed. Yeah. Right? So you have to be able That's to true. live your life and hit the goal at the same true time. True indeed. And that doesn't mean that in the beginning, you're not going to live tighter and stricter because that is a, that is something that most people have to do. But as you hit these goals, goals. you have to reevaluate yeah. and do a new approach. And some of what you were saying earlier was we have a new approach, right? For yeah. paying off the credit cards because we're going to go through different waves during our cycle or different, like you say, phases in your life. And so you have to be able to still hit the goal. True indeed. Right. Yeah. And sometimes our goals shift. It's interesting because when I work with people, sometimes they forget the goal, but I never forgot the goal. When we first (laughs) sat down, you had a goal to have your bills fit into your retirement pay, but you kind of shifted and saw a car or something, but I never forgot. So it's really important to keep that, that as a focal point. And sometimes, you know, things come up that you don't expect, like my car broke down on me in December, mm-hmm. spent $2,400 to get it fixed, had it for a week and it broke down again. Mm-hmm. And then the dealership was like, I wouldn't put any more money to this car. So then I ended up buying a car when I had planned to wait until the summer to buy a car. 
And then a week later, my son's car needs a new engine. Mm-hmm. So I had to buy two cars in December. It's not something that I planned for, but if I hadn't paid off that debt that I had, I wouldn't have been able to afford to get these cars and have car payments. Right. Right. Exactly. It would have been just, it would just would not have been feasible. Yeah. Yeah. You would have been in a real oh my gosh. situation. Yes. Right. And so like life happens. And that's why the strategy and plan have to be strong and concrete. And that's why it has to be flexibility there to let life happen. I agree. And I would just tell anyone that works with you to like really, it's the same thing that my, uh, I used to compete in bodybuilding competitions and my coach would always say, trust the process. So you may not see it right (laughs) away. You know, I'm eating this, these bland meals five times a day and at the gym five days a week. Trust the process. Mm -hmm. Yes. So yeah, when they work you with you, they need to trust the process because you know what you're doing. Thank you. <laughs> That's true. You have to trust the process. If you push too much against it, and if, I mean, emotions are hard to control. I agree. They are. And like when we talk about money, we never talk about the emotional part. I agree with that. Right. So, but if you trust the process and you live with more optimism and motivation and belief, then it will work for you. But if you don't trust the process, you're always going to be working against, against, your, it. against it. Yeah, and ultimately against yourself. And another thing I would tell people working with you is to be, be honest about who you are and what you are. You know what your issues are. Like, I know mine is shopping. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know. So let's be honest and talk to her about it. And maybe she can work that in you in for you. So once a month or twice a month, you get to go buy something, mm-hmm. but not every day. Right. So it's, honesty is important when working with you. Right, right. Thank you. <laughs> So um, what would you say to people as far as keeping their motivation up? You know, so we have the we have to get the motivation going to get started in the first place. So that's probably that's the first question. What what can people do to get their motivation to just get started in the first place on this path? I would say if you have a goal, you said most people come to you and they have a goal. If you can keep your eye on the prize, mm-hmm. it's going to keep you motivated, especially when you start seeing that you're actually moving towards that prize. Mm-hmm. That's keeping me motivated. My goal is to be able to save this certain amount of money every month for retirement, mm-hmm. knowing that that's going to happen once I get rid of this debt. Mm-hmm. That keeps me motivated. So I would say keep your eye on the prize. And what do you do when you feel like you're getting down and that it's not going to happen or it seems too far away? To be honest with you, since we've been working together this second time, I actually don't feel that way at all. Okay. So it's hard for me to speak to that because I literally know it's coming. (laughs) Yeah, because it's become second nature. It really has. Right. So trusting the processing, doing it, consistently doing it, even though sometimes it felt like in the beginning, like, I don't know if this ever going to happen now you have more belief I actually do and because I saw how much I had taken care of when we worked together the first time and then when I had that pitfall and I kind of put myself back in the hole Mm -hmm. never again so that's also the other motivating factor for me is to I don't ever want to be in that position again right right well thank you you're welcome I really appreciate it absolutely anything for you (laughs) so if you all have any questions about coaching or personal finance in general, you can always send me an email. It's Kendall, K-E-N-D-A-L-L at jonescoachinggroup.com. Thank you, Lasagna. You are welcome.